Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Today's episode is about a study published in January that looked at how outdoor air pollution impacts the sex of babies conceived through in vitro fertilization, better known as IVF. For those of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time, here's what to expect about how this podcast will unfold. I'll first tell you background details about how the study was set up. Then, I'll go into the results of the study. Lastly, I'll throw in my two cents about what to take away from the study, keeping in mind that, for many of you listeners, you'd like to know what to do with this information in terms of helping you conceive. If you're interested in having more details at the end, all of the sources discussed in the study will be linked up at the podcast website, yourfertilitypharmacist.com. Back to the study. I really like how it was set up. There were over 7,000 participants, and this high number is good because it helps to make the results more generalizable and less likely to be biased towards any sort of extreme. Here's who these 7,004 participants were. They were babies born from fresh or frozen single embryo transfers between the years 2013 and 2017. This brings me to the second thing I really liked about this study. These embryo transfers took place relatively recently, which also helps to make the results more relatable to current scenarios with IVF. In past episodes, like episode number 6, I mentioned that a potential weakness of some IVF studies is including babies born from different eras of reproductive technology. Fortunately, we have advanced so far with IVF since the 1990s and even early 2000s. The third and final thing that I really appreciated from the setup of this study was the thoughtful consideration of which type of embryos to include. Embryos could be included if they were transferred as singles, they could not have been born from a multiple pregnancy because this could affect the development of the embryo. Embryos whose fathers had fertility issues could also be included. If the embryos had received pre-implantation genetic testing before the transfer, they were excluded. The study kept tabs on a lot of factors that might impact the embryo. They noted the age of the embryo's parents, if the father was a smoker, which type of stimulation medications the mother used to prepare for IVF, the quality of the embryo, and whether the embryo came from a fresh or a frozen transfer. Any of these factors could have impacted the results and altered the conclusions. And one of those factors did come into play, which we'll talk about in a bit. Now that you know who was included in the study, it's worth mentioning where the study occurred, which was in China in a place called Xiamen in the Fujian province. Thank you to my colleague Dr. Lin for helping me learn to pronounce these. Xiamen looks like an attractive seaside city. They have a university there to train Buddhist monks, and their air quality is better there compared to many other parts of China. It ranks in the top five major cities for good air quality there. This relatively cleaner air was critical to my interest in the study because realistically, studies that mirror conditions similar to those found locally can draw stronger parallels. Air quality data from three neighboring monitoring stations was used to approximate the pollutant concentrations inside of the IVF center of the study. Right now, the air stations closest to the IVF site in Xiaomen are logging worse air quality than New York City, but better air quality than LA. Now that you have the background on the studies who and where, here is what happened. Looking at the air quality data from three nearby stations, the study measured pollutant concentrations of carbon monoxide, 
ozone, nitrogen dioxide, and sulfur dioxide in relation to the ratios of males to females born after embryo transfer. Of those pollutants, the only one found to have an association that wasn't likely attributed to chance was sulfur dioxide. Sulfur dioxide gets into our air from the burning of sulfur-containing fossil fuels in industrial facilities and power plants. Chronic exposure to sulfur dioxide can negatively impact the lungs, though people with asthma might be triggered quickly to low levels of exposure. It's colorless, but it has a distinct smell like rotten eggs. With higher levels of sulfur dioxide, the study found decreased implantation and higher rates of miscarriage, regardless of the quality of the embryo. At lower levels of sulfur dioxide, there were twice the number of males to females born from embryos that were of moderate to lower quality, meaning they did not see a difference in ratio of male to female in the top quality embryos. After accounting for all of the variables mentioned earlier, like if the father had been a smoker or whether the embryo came from a fresh or a frozen transfer, the doubling of males to females in embryos still held true. With these results, the study authors hypothesize that there are differences in how male and female embryos develop and that there are differences in how male and female embryos will respond to stress from exposure to sulfur dioxide. This makes sense in the context of a 2015 study that found that air pollutants impact the sex ratio of children born the traditional way. Since the results have just led to more hypotheses, more research is certainly needed. The authors brought up how their IVF laboratory used HEPA filters to produce undesirable chemicals floating in the air. And just an FYI, HEPA stands for High Efficiency Particulate Air, and we often use these HEPA filters in healthcare sites in the U.S. too. Though HEPA filters remove nitrous oxides, they do not reduce the sulfur dioxide. Therefore, some questions are, should HEPA filters be redesigned to better filter out sulfur dioxide? Also, if pollutants are still in the air in an IVF lab, how much do they stick to the culture medium growing the embryos? Hopefully we will have answers to questions like this in future episodes. For now, the main thing I recommend for women trying to conceive is to minimize the time spent in areas with poor air quality because at best, sulfur dioxide will steer you towards having a boy, and at worst, it could increase the chances of miscarriage. Also, I'd recommend knowing more about the air quality where your fertility clinic is located. Given that the deaths of several children have been associated with poor air quality in the operating rooms at Seattle Children's Hospital, it's worth doing your own due diligence to inquire about the air filtering systems used in the embryology lab where your own children will be growing. To conclude the episode, I'll recap the study results. More male than female embryos were born when low levels of sulfur dioxide were detected. When levels of sulfur dioxide went higher, fewer embryos survived. Links to today's study and more information about sulfur dioxide will be made available on the podcast website, yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in.